Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of the Bring the Sting podcast. As always, this is your host, Evan Birchmore, guys, and on today's episode, we will be talking about the reported eligibility of LaMelo Ball for the five-year rookie max contract next offseason, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on this Monday edition of the Bring the Sting podcast, and thank you for for being flexible, for rocking and rolling with the punches, as, as I like to say, guys. Technology is great until it is not, and for those of you who follow my personal Twitter, that is what I said last night as I sat here dealing with technology not being great. So, called an audible, uh, 12 o'clock noon episode this week, but appreciate all of you understanding that as we continue to produce content, guys. Episode 53, and, and I want to take a, a quick moment before we get into the actual content for this week, guys, but a quick moment to reflect right episode 53 you do the math we do episodes every week we've had kind of uh one-off episodes uh, baked in there as well the one year anniversary guys of our first ever episode episode one was released a year ago on thursday august 11th of last year so to see where we've come since then how we've expanded you know the the ways in which I've been able to grow this show has been awesome, but I'd be really, I would be remiss not to mention you guys, the listeners, because that that's really what it's all about, right? And so I just want to take a quick moment to say thank you for those of you who have listened, who, you know, maybe you're somebody who's who's been listening since episode one, maybe you've just recently found us, but Whatever category you fall into, it's one and the same. Like I'm very, very thankful for all of you guys for doing that. And I'm really, really excited to see what the next year will hold as we continue to grow. All right, guys, with that being said, let's talk about the Hornets. And as I mentioned, guys, LaMelo Ball reportedly eligible for a five-year max rookie deal next offseason. Now, the news first reported by Bobby Marks. Uh, on on the Twitter machine, Bobby Marks dropped that news, and it was such a, I almost hate to say it, but such a predictable reaction to that news when it was released, and you could just look at the responses and tell, is this person a Hornets fan? Is this person only a LaMelo fan? Is this person a NBA fan who is not a LaMelo fan or not a Hornets fan? Because people really fell into three categories. I think the Hornets fans knew this was coming and expect the Hornets to do everything they can to keep LaMelo. I think the LaMelo fans, a portion of them, I hate to say it, but have have almost been rooting for him to leave since the day he got here. And the NBA-only fans were, were debating whether or not it was worth it to give him that money. In the first place. Now, here's the thing, guys. I'm, I'm going to, we could sit here all day and argue about whether or not you think basketball player LaMelo Ball is worth the max extension. Like, personally, I do, but just think about, I mean, we could argue till the cows come home, and some people, their opinion will just not change. So, I don't want to say it's not worth it to talk about that. It obviously is. But an angle that I've chosen to approach this from is from a business standpoint, guys, right? Because whatever you want to say about the Hornets ownership group, 
particularly Michael Jordan, whatever you want to say about him, whether you think he's a good owner, whether you think he's a horrible owner, or whether you kind of fall in between, whether you think he's a, a cheapskate and, you know, he's penny pinching and, you know, whether he, he just tries too much to avoid paying luxury tax money, whatever your opinion is on that. I think we can all agree, guys, he's not dumb, right? Michael Jordan, you can say he's a lot of things. I don't. I do not think there is an argument to make that he is dumb as an owner, right? Like he didn't just become stupid when he became a part owner in Charlotte. So with that said, guys, the NBA from the owner's perspective is first and foremost a business. It is. Now we as fans view it just as basketball, you know, and mostly we just view it as the product on the court and you know, the the X's and O's of basketball on the court. These owners, while particularly a guy like Jordan who played the game at a high level, views it as that as well. They also view it as a business, guys. And you look at the publications of the NBA, the NBA franchise values. You know, they come out every year. Forbes releases their values of the franchises. And Charlotte is right down there at the bottom every single year. You know, you're right next to Minnesota and New Orleans and Memphis and Orlando. And that's not to say that that just, y- y- you know, relegates you to being some moribund franchise forever. I mean, Minnesota was good last year. Memphis was good. New Orleans was good. I mean, all of those teams made the playoffs. Orlando is not very good, but they've been good before. I mean, I would say they've been a relatively well-run franchise for most of their existence. So, so the value of a franchise in dollars does not have to equate to the success of the franchise on the court. I mean, and look at the top. The Knicks are far and away the most valuable. Or if not the most valuable, you know, they're right in that group of, of Knicks, Lakers, and Warriors. Now, the Warriors have clearly been the class of the league for a few years. Now, I mean, for this, this whole, you know, dynasty era, if you want to call it that. But the Lakers were pretty awful until LeBron showed up. And the Knicks have been, frankly, they've been terrible, except for the one year when Melo was there in 2013. The one year he was there in which they had success. Obviously, he was there multiple years. But all that to say, guys, if you just view it from dollars and you just view it from the value of the team, there is not some clear and obvious way for the Hornets to become a more valuable team. When you look at the teams that are up in the the upper echelon of franchise values, you know, the LA teams, the Warriors, the Knicks, the Nets, the Celtics. What do all these teams have? Not only, I mean, they don't all necessarily have some great history of winning. The Clippers have been a punchline to a bad joke for decades, but they're in glamour markets, big brands, can attract free agents, that's that's not what Charlotte is. Like you are what you are and you can't just create some illustrious history of winning out of thin air. You can't just transform the city of Charlotte into a market on the level of a New York or an LA or a Miami or a Chicago or even a Dallas or a Houston or a Philly. But what you do have is a transcendent superstar young player who kind of has that superstar aura 
right? In that kind of superstar gravity around him. Now, it's something I've said before. We all love Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker is awesome, right? But Kimball Walker did not have that sort of superstar personality of LaMelo Ball. And I'm not saying one is better than the other, right? Like, that's not the argument. The argument is value added to the franchise. And Kimball Walker, I've said it before, he was kind of that rare breed of a superstar who sort of had a role player's mentality with superstar ability, right? I mean, there there are guys like that. I mean, I would consider Jimmy Butler a guy like that. You know, Clay Thompson, particularly before his injury, was kind of a guy like that. Uh, Chris Middleton, you know, Al Horford in his heyday. Paul Millsap when he was making all-star teams. Like, these kind of understated superstar players, right? Where they're not flashy, they're not... They're not maybe the first guy off the top of your head. They just get the job done, right? Kind of old school, nose to the grindstone types. And LaMelo is kind of the flip side of that. LaMelo, now, there is substance to his game. He's not all just whipped cream, right? But he's got flair and he's got persona and he, you know, just kind of has some pizzazz to, to add to this franchise that didn't have a whole lot when he got here. So all that to say, guys, you can call Michael Jordan cheap. You can call him a bad owner. I don't think you can call him stupid. And I think he can he can read the tea leaves on this and understand that, you know, hey, like this guy is a big part of my investment in this team. And he's a big part of increasing the value of this team. So it's in everybody's best interest to retain him on this team and whether, you know, from on the court and off the court, there really is just no argument to be made. And to those of you, you know, the, the, the arguments that he's never led the Hornets to the playoffs. And so why would you, why would you give him this big of a contract? Here's the thing guys. In his rookie season, he got hurt and still won the rookie of the year award. His second best player that season, I would argue, was Gordon Hayward, who also got hurt. And before those two guys were hurt, you were the fourth seed in a pretty good Eastern Conference. Last year, you went 43-39, and but somehow still ended up as the 10th seed. I went back and did the research, guys. I know we've thrown out the stat before that that was the 43 wins. That was the best 10th seed in the NBA since the Seattle Supersonics over 20 years ago. Well, that was the best 10th seed in the history of the Eastern Conference, guys, since the ABA-NBA merger. And it's it's really hard to kind of get, you know, it's it's just hard to believe that, honestly. But you just look at it, guys. 43 and 39, you're the 10th seed since the ABA-NBA merger. Again, that was kind of what you want to consider the, the modern NBA started, right? As, as those two leagues merged in 1976. So the, the, the next closest teams in that time frame, let's see, that's, that's 46 years, you know, 76 to 86, 96, 2006, 2016, and then up through 2022. So that's 46 years, guys. In that time, the 98 Orlando Magic and the 2016 Washington Wizards both went 41 and 41 and ended as the 10th seed. So that was the next best 10th seed if you want to call it that just just the perspective guys like don't i don't think the the argument that lamelo is not a winning player holds holds any merit because 
you can deconstruct it very easily with those points I just made. He's clearly the the you know the straw that stirs the drink here for the Hornets. So I think everybody's kind of on the same page with that. But it was newsworthy, so we talk about it. All right, guys, going to go ahead and drop some other news and notes as well. Preseason schedule has been released, guys. A five-game preseason slate. Very excited for this. Tip things off on October the 2nd up in Boston, taking on the Celtics. That's a 1 p.m. tip. Then you come home October the 5th. That's a matchup with the Indiana Pacers, 7 p.m. tip. Then you head to Greensboro for a game. Very interesting matchup. Again, the Celtics coming back to North Carolina, but it will be up in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I really like that. I'll touch on that in just a sec. But that's October the 7th. It's at 730. The 10th, so that following Monday, guys, you're back in Charlotte taking on the Wizards. And then you wrap things up Wednesday, October 12th in Philly against the 76ers. Now, some quick points about this, guys. Don't overreact to the wins and losses of preseason. Just as I say, don't overreact to the wins and losses of summer league. Particularly, don't do that in preseason, right? Now, do you want to come out and just get mollywopped like you did against the Mavericks last preseason? No, because it's not a good look, right? Like, we know these games don't ultimately count, but you don't want to come out and just get embarrassed. That being said, just don't, don't lose sleep over whether you won or you lost. I think we all know that, but then we get into watching the games. And, and of course, you want to win. I mean, it's competitive nature and human nature to want to win. But just don't overreact to it too much. Like, if you win, awesome. If you don't, okay, like, what did individual players show me? What kind of signs did they say? Did they uh, show? Particularly Mark Williams. He's the guy I'm really fascinated to check out because he did some good things in the summer league, but... You know, competition takes a clear and obvious step up for preseason, so I'm interested to see, you know, how does he kind of handle himself out there. I want to touch on the Greensboro game real quick, guys. Again, that's a Friday night, 730. You're playing the Celtics, but it's in Greensboro. I love that they do this, guys. They've done this before, playing preseason games at at different sort of, uh, you know, regional towns, regional cities, if you will. They've done them up in Winston-Salem before at Wake Forest. They've done them in Chapel Hill at UNC. Uh, before so I think it's really cool guys just growing the fan base like that that's probably a topic for another podcast episode but growing the Hornets fan base and I love it because think about if you're someone who's in Greensboro right like not everybody is fortunate enough to be close to Charlotte where you can come to games and, and and make it work Greensboro is is close enough to probably make it work but think about like if it's a regular season weeknight game you got to come down from Greensboro you know, pay for gas, parking, food, got to drive here and back, especially if you work in the morning, you have kids, you know, that's just a, that's a tough ask for a lot of people to do that. So I love this guys, like give them an easier way to access a game, even if it is just preseason, you know, I really like that you're doing this. And again, maintaining that regional fan base, obviously you have the swarm up there as well. So that's, that's really neat that they have that. But, but not everybody can make it to every game. Like, that's just not realistic for a lot of, probably the majority of people. So, really, really neat that they're doing that. And I love that. You know, they've done it before. They've made it a pretty uh, concerted effort to do that. So, I, I love that. You know, I just really appreciate that, particularly growing that fan base. Again, I could talk ad nauseum about the Hornets fan base and, you know, just kind of the nuances of that. But, again, really neat thing. I don't really think there's anything to, to not like about that. Final 
Final news item, guys, for this week's episode. Coaching staff has been finalized. It's a rather large coaching staff, guys. In addition to retaining some Borrego assistants, you retain Marlon Garnett, Jay Hernandez, Nick Friedman, and Norman Richardson, guys. You add five new coaches to staff as well, starting off with Tyrone Corbin. He'll be the lead assistant. Uh, former Utah Jazz head coach had Gordon Hayward out there in Salt Lake City for his first couple years. Uh, is from Columbia, South Carolina, right down the road. So, you know, familiar with the region. Really think that's a good pickup. I mean, anytime you add a guy with uh, with NBA head coaching experience under his belt, I think that's, you know, you know th- there is no downside to that. Uh, Bob Beyer gets added to staff as well. Rex Walters, Bruce Kreutzer, who is well known for his work with uh, shooting. He's been here in Charlotte before, really helped Kimba with his three-point shot. And Brian O'Connor, who's a former uh, intern with the Hornets, spent the last couple years up at Georgetown with Coach Patrick Ewing on his staff. So, again, a, a rather large coaching staff, guys. But here's kind of my my two cents on it. won't spend too much time on this. But I do not dislike having a large coaching staff. It's not without precedent, guys. Like, there were teams last year who had big coaching staffs as well. But with that said, the the, you know, success of that, how is that measured? You know, obviously we're not in the building with the with the coaching staff, but just just having defined roles for everybody, right? And I think this kind of is a principle that extends beyond just basketball. It's a principle that applies to any sort of a group effort on anything, right? It, you know, we've all been in school with the group project, and you know, there's the kid who doesn't do anything, but he still gets the A on the project because the group did well, or you know. Whatever it may be, in a business, in a company, you work on a team, you know, just having those clear and defined roles for everybody. So there's no confusion on, oh, well, is this your job? Is this my job? You know, who does what? So that's more so what I'm looking for, guys, just that separation of duties within the coaching staff and kind of that specialization, right? Because you don't want a situation where it's kind of a power struggle amongst the assistant coaches, right? So just make sure everybody knows what their job is and is put in the best position to succeed at that job. And I think it could work. I mean, that's a principle that applies whether you have two assistant coaches or whether you have 20 assistant coaches, right? Like just making sure everybody understands what their job is and is put in the best position to succeed with that job. Okay, guys, that'll wrap it up for this week's episode. A bit of an abbreviated episode, guys. And again, just want to say thank you for rocking and rolling with everything. I know we're coming out a little bit later than we normally do on a Monday, but again, technology is great until it is not, and it was not great yesterday. So thank you for bearing with us as we figured that out and uh, produced content this morning, guys. And again, just thank you for listening to the show, guys. One year, it's crazy to think about. I'm very excited to see what the next year will hold. As well, you you know, and how we continue to expand and grow this thing. But hats off. Thank you guys for tuning in, for rocking and rolling with us. I definitely appreciate appreciate you all and appreciate the uh, continued love and support that you continue to show us, guys. So hope this episode does find you well and hope, you know, hope to just continue to grow this thing and get new listeners, you know, week in, week out and continue to just see where see where things go. But uh, without further ado, guys, that'll wrap it up for this week. And thank you much for tuning in. Until next Monday, go Hornets.